Hello everyone, I am Lauren at Busy Wizard Dice. You can find me on every social media platform under Busy Wizard, and I am here on the Bipolar Feminist Podcast. So hi, we're here with Busy Wizard Dice. Lauren, hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? I am well. So welcome to the Bipolar Feminist. Mm -hmm. I've been following you on TikTok for quite some time, and one of my favorite parts of the day is scrolling through TikTok and hearing, hello everybody, or hello everyone. (laughs) Hello everyone. (laughs) Oh, I love it. And I started playing D&D when I was about 12. And I was the only girl playing Mm D&D. And when did you get started? I started playing in 20... Oh, I should know this off the top of my head. 2016. Mm -hmm. And what got you into it? So I'm going to give you the long story because we might as well. I was living in New York City and I had found Pokemon Go. And let me tell you, Pokemon Go in New York City, at the height of it, when you have no kids, is perfect. It was amazing. Yeah. So I'd oh, spend, so good. like, I would get yeah, I would get off of work and I would just walk through the city catching Pokemon. Um, I spent hours every single day doing this. I ran out of podcasts to listen to. Just, like, finished everything um, that I could want to listen to. And I had a friend who had been mentioning for a while, you should listen to Critical Role. I think you'd like it because I had liked Titans Fall on Geek and Sundry back in the day. And I was like, I don't have time for this. It's got like three or four hours per episode. Once I ran out of podcasts, I was like, maybe it's time to try this whole critical role thing. And then promptly became obsessed as you do. So I was listening to a ton of it and really wanted to play, but didn't know how to find anyone. Cause how do you, mm. how do you find D and D people when you're, when you're an adult? <laughs> and I yeah. mentioned it to a coworker's husband at a happy hour. It's like, yeah, I'm really getting D and D, but I have no idea who to play with. And he was like, I have a buddy who DMs who happens to live in New York City. I'll introduce you. And he actually did introduce us, which I mean, so many times that's just the thing that you say at a happy hour, you don't follow through on. Yeah. So he introduced me to uh, my DM, Jonah, and his wife. And Jonah was like, I really wanted to play. And since you were a married couple, because me and my husband play together, uh, he's like, I knew you both weren't going to be completely insane since you had agreed to marry each other. Uh, so you must be at least decent. So I'll give you a shot. So he was like, yeah, no, we'll meet up and we'll maybe play. And that was seven years ago. And we still play. That is excellent. Now, I got into it because I had a friend who was like, you know, I don't really like sports and I don't like the arts and stuff. I'm not talented at all. So I've heard of tabletop role playing games and let's just look at them. And this is the day's well before podcast, this was like mm-hmm. 1996. And he and I were the only people of color in our in our group. And mm-hmm. I was the only woman, well, I was a girl. Uh, we were 12 years old and we've mm-hmm. been playing ever since. And uh, I remember my first character, a bard, and uh, she was quite badass by the end of it. <laughs> and then she was eaten by a frog monster. Oh no! <laughs> died a a very uh, how should I say an honorable death okay that's good I thought you were gonna say just like covered in acid and just like really disappointing so at least it was honorable yes it was an honorable death uh, let the rest of the party flee so yeah I remember that and uh, ever since then I've been in love with dice Mm -hmm. because I have OCD and one of the Mm -hmm. things that I like to do to avoid like picking at my skin and picking at my hair and under my nails and all of that was when sitting still and playing at the table, I would play with my dice and Mm -hmm. I became obsessed with dice. Mm -hmm. What got you into dice specifically? 
playing D&D, sitting at the table mm-hmm. being like, these are so pretty. I love yeah. them. I want all the pretty shiny dice. And uh, so this is 2019 is when I started making dice. And I was like, well, these dice are expensive. I should just make my own. I'm a, I'm a very crafty person. So I was like, I can, I can make dice. I can do that. Uh, so I started, I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna do it for my birthday. My husband bought me like a starter pack, like starter kit, which wasn't really a kit. It was me trying to figure out like, what, how do I do this? And like Googling things and getting resources that were not meant for dice because there were no how to's on how to make dice back then. Yeah. Yeah, So I was just like, oh, I'm just going to start making them on my own. Realized that it was really difficult. (laughs) Yeah. It takes a lot of steps and a lot of equipment. Uh, but I just kept doing it and kept doing it. And then I had a lot of dice that I needed to not have in my house anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when you started making dice, Mm -hmm. how difficult was it to configure your way around it and your life? Because it is quite an involved process. That is a very good question. One second. Dora, come on up. This is Dumbledore. Hello, Dumbledore. If you ever hear purring on my voiceover, it's him. Because as soon as I sit down, he's like, hi, I want to be It's a purr machine. Yeah, pretty much and I'm like could you not be in my voiceover um but he doesn't usually part when I'm sitting here so we'll be we'll be okay um back to how do I configure it uh because it's really um that's a really good question so I didn't realize what I was getting into so I was like this is embarrassing but I'm going to talk about it because it's important to talk about I didn't wear a respirator when I started I didn't have ventilation I started in my kitchen in uh my tiny New York apartment and just like everything that you should not do when working with resin because yeah. no one was talking about safety. There was a tiny Facebook group that talked about how to make dice, but like other than you should wear, I knew to wear gloves. I got that much covered mm-hmm. when I first started, but I, I was just, yeah, I was just doing it on my counter and like letting things cure overnight out. It's just, this is why I'm like slightly allergic to resin now is because I did not protect myself when I first started out. And luckily like I didn't have kids and my cats didn't go up on the counter. so. It just like slowly kind of took over a part of our kitchen. And then um, we started like thinking about having our kid. And I was like, oh, I should like look into what I'm supposed to do to be safe. And I was like, oh, this yeah. is bad. <laughs> this, this is so bad. bad for you. <laughs> so I very quickly pivoted and got myself like a, a casting tent and uh, made myself a little, a little safe area and then just like had the little it was it was a three by three tent that was just in the corner of our bedroom and tons of drawers next to it just like holding all of my things and stuff and i would just like come home from work and just immediately go make dice and yeah just it was such a simpler time before kids (laughs) yeah and now this is always interesting to me when i find out that somebody plays D, i always ask them what was your first set of dice and do you still have it? Oh, uh, I probably not because I think I bought like five sets to begin with. Oh, I get that. I absolutely get that. <laughs> For like the ones that come in the little like tube from the D&D store. Mm-hmm. I think they were they were like there was a couple that were speckly because I love speckled dice. Yeah, I, I don't remember. And they're all just kind of mixed in this like bag of just mayhem at this point that I have somewhere in my craft room. Um, so I wish I remembered. <laughs> Like my first yeah. set of dice. I think I have like I, my first like nice set of dice was I think my, my Opalite dice. Um, mm-hmm. So those ones I know for sure. 
but yeah, it was just, it was just a, a chaos of like, I think this is pretty, I should buy it yeah. <laughs> when I first started. So my first set, I actually gave it to, I'm all about getting girls, especially brown girls into playing D&D mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's such a gatekept thing mm-hmm. for especially brown girls. And so I gave my first set of dice to this little brown girl who was starting to play D&D. Um, so cute. When we had our first Comic-Con here about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I have my second set, which is these little metal ones. Oh, I'm never nice. letting go of these. Yeah, you got to keep the metal ones. I don't think I actually they have a full so nicely. Set. They're so great. <laughs> and I just got one of these little rolling trays. And the dice collection is growing mm-hmm. <laughs> exponentially. It's growing further than I actually play because I hardly have time to play anymore. But I, I feel have... like that that's common for a lot of people where they're like, I barely get to play or I don't play, but I have so many dice. Oh, but I love it. And uh, how often do you play? So we play once every two weeks with our group. Um, we play over Zoom. Oh. So when we started playing, we all lived in New York City. Um, so it was uh, me, my DM and his wife, my husband as well. And we were just playing with three of us for a while. Uh, but we kind of knew that we needed more people. And then... I met another couple when we like went to a movie. They were a friend of a friend and we just immediately hit it off. And I was like, does either one of you want to be a cleric? Because uh, at least <laughs> the husband had played D&D before and the wife was like familiar. Um, and I was like, we need a cleric. And he was like, I can make a Tempest cleric. So they joined our party. And so we played in New York City up until the pandemic and we kind of switched to online. And then I had my first kid. And now we all live in different places. I live in St. Louis. DM lives in... Virginia, other couple lives in Minnesota. So we play mm-hmm. on Zoom. Uh, we play for two hours every other Wednesday night. Um, we we're supposed to play this week, but um, uh, some people have just too much work. Uh, yeah. So we unfortunately had to cancel this week, but we'll be back the week after um, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And we're just like doing, uh, we're actually playing Pathfinder 2 now. Ooh. Because uh, that's what my DM prefers. And if he wants to play Pathfinder 2, we're playing Pathfinder 2. Yeah. He's the one putting all the work in. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been fun. We got a new little campaign going, so it's nice. Yeah. We have a DM who on our discord server calls himself God. <laughs> yep. He just, de- he decides sense. everything. And, uh, he's, uh, this current campaign, it's quite sadistic what he's doing to us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear he just one. wants us to lose. Yeah. Yep. He just wants us to lose, but, uh, oh. Uh, well, soon, very, fun. We are having fun, yeah. Okay, good. Very That's soon we're getting into Call of Cthulhu, which I've never gotten into before. Yeah. And it sounds like so much fun, but also quite yeah, demented because mm-hmm, it's based on Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've seen it played um, like online, but I also have, have never played it. Um, but yeah, it does seem like, it seems like a lot of fun. I, every once in a while I'm like, oh, I wish we could maybe learn a new system. But then it's like, no, let's just go back into like the cozy blanket that is D&D. And I mean, Pathfinder is basically the same thing. The cat almost fell. (laughs) I'm sorry, Dumbledore. Yes, Dumbledore almost just fell off my lap. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, when I was living in Sweden, we did try uh, Cyberpunk. Oh, nice. How was that? I I wasn't a fan, but it was really enjoyable. Like, it's not something that I would do long term. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like once you, if you have a good group, you can play anything is the kind of thing. Mm. Like as long as you're just like hanging out with your friends, that's really all you need. And just making up stuff. And one of my characters got stuck in, uh, in limbo because 
he licked an orb. <laughs> you never lick things that you don't have permission. I know, I know. <laughs> what but, are the, yeah, when you're like, I just make a silly joke and the DM's like, well, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you're gone. You're just gone. Yeah, yeah. And I used to have this little quote book where I just would write the funny things that everybody would say during campaigns. I don't know mm -hmm. where the book is now. Oh, no, that's devastating. But over the years, we just collected some of the most ridiculous things that people have said during campaigns. And when you think about it, it's like, oh, that was this campaign when we did this. And like, mm -hmm. I'm sure that kind of getting into that kind of creative mindset helped you formulate the identity behind Busy Wizard Dice. So um, tell me about maybe. that. Yeah. So the identity behind it is it's just me. Um, <laughs> so my first character was a wizard. Um, mm -hmm. Not not surprising. Uh, her name was Zan. She was an evocation wizard, which I think are highly um, undervalued. Everyone always yes. likes other ones. But uh, if I can cast Meteor Swarm and protect my friends, like what else? What else do I want to do as a wizard? If not smash. Fantastic. But protect my friends. Mm -hmm. And we would do that like because you know, I had this sculpt spell or whatever and every time i casted something oh dumbledore god damn it one second so anytime that i casted something that was going to hit my friends i always had to say i protect my friends and then like whatever i do and mm -hmm. if i didn't say i protect my friends my dm would be like well you hit your friends i'm like no so i got very into like i cast this i protect my friends so we played that campaign from level one to level 20. wow so i played her the whole time um, I adore her. She is all the worst parts of me. Uh, you mm. know, when you make your first character and you're like, she's going to be just like me. She's going to be amazing. Uh, she's going to be so capable. And mm -hmm. uh, she just turned into just a bottle of anxiety and <laughs> like not being sure of anything. And just like all the worst parts of me that I just got to work out with her and then be like, I don't, I don't need to be like that. She's exhausting. Yeah. Uh, so... That's where the name came from because I was trying to figure out what I wanted my company to be called. And originally I was thinking busy hands because I am always busy. I have ADHD, so I'm constantly fiddling mm -hmm. with things. But there was another well-known dice company, I guess, at that point um, called, oh, Magic Hands? No, Lucky Hands, Lucky Hands Dice. Um, they're not around anymore. But I was like, oh, I can't do that. So I was like, oh, busy wizard because I'm a wizard. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty much the only thought that went into uh, my company. I was like, I need a name that is available. Uh, and so I picked Busy Wizard. And, you know, when you're learning about how to like launch a company or something like that, they're always like, figure out mm -hmm. what your like, what your motif is, like what your look is. And I never, I never got good at that. Cause it's like, I don't mm -hmm. make one type of dice. I make everything. If I can, the, the best part of this is being like, can I do this? Can I make this work? What happens if I try this? And um, so yeah, the, the overall kind of like personality behind my company, is just, it's just me. It's like, what, what did, yeah. what did Lauren want to do this day? Yeah. Or what did Lauren's commissioner want? Like, what was the vibe they were given? And like, what did I come up with? Um, yeah. so it's, it's pretty much, that's been the kind of guiding, the guiding principle is just, I'm not putting on airs that I'm a, I'm a whole company and there's like a bunch of us, like, it's just me. Yeah. Me doing everything. <laughs> and it's quite, you get a sense of your character of you as a person mm -hmm. behind all of the videos when you say hello everyone and <laughs> when you go into the story and the way you speak and how your entire community on TikTok has become familiar with 
okay, you've made this set before and now you're trying it again and your eternal struggle with getting the meat dice. <laughs> the meat dice. I still feel like I haven't perfected the meat dice, but I can't make any more meat dice. <laughs> I don't know how I sold all of those. I made way too many meat dice. <laughs> you will get it one day when you're not trying. Exactly. Because that's what happened the first time. And I still yeah. never reproduced that like perfect marbling. But um, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> I, I am very thankful that my, that my uh, community kind of follows me as I'm like, let's do this. And like, right now I'm just doing a lot of, I, I feel that I'm like doing a lot of the same thing because I like want to explore like yeah. this one technique and, and how I can take it in different directions. And um Yes, I've been doing a lot of dark nebula dice lately, and I'm like, "Hey guys, I love them. <laughs> good because there are more coming." Yes, as soon as I can afford them, I'm definitely getting a set of nebula dice because why? Excellent. I I just love them. And uh, when I first started following you and discovering that hey, this is a vibe that I really like, mm -hmm. I tried my hand at making dice. Oh really? I made a set of dice for a friend of mine who lives in Maryland, mm -hmm. and these bright blue rounded corner dice that I absolutely fell in love with. And I'm like, I'm giving it to him. Yeah, I'm giving it to him because I actually quite like him. Um, and I've made two other sets since then. And then I was like, no, this is not for me. How did you stick with it? That's a very good question. Dice making is a very particular hobby. And it also involves so much equipment as i'm sure you figured out where you're like i made dice and you're like okay how do i finish them i have all these mold lines on them what do i do next okay i need sanding paper okay they're not shiny what do i do next i have to polish them how, like just all those tiny steps so I, I do try and warn people when they're like i want to get into dice making i'm like i i am so happy for you just i want you to know before you accidentally invest like 300 dollars, and then you're like i need more so how did i stick with it and that's the thing it hasn't been a challenge for me, it just keeps, keeps giving me that little dopamine hit, keeps like scratching that itch of like, what can I do next? Like I have a, a notes app, a note on my phone, but like every night when I just think of a new set of dice that I want to make, I just type it in there real quick before I lose it. Like there's always more mm -hmm. ideas and more things to work on. And um, I think, I know a lot of dice makers deal with a lot of uh, burnout and it's it's really hard to like move sets to like make sets that people want to buy to find your audience that want to buy it that can buy it because it, it is a like it is a very expensive mm. purchase and I fully acknowledge that I don't even know if I would buy my own dice like <laughs> they're so expensive yeah maybe I would as like a Christmas present to myself but um yeah it's uh one thing that I think helps kind of fuel me and keep me going is that I am mainly custom commission based so people will come to me with ideas, they'll like pay the deposit fee and then I'll make their dice. And um, for me, that works really well because it means that um, I get to make dice and make sure that they have a home before putting in all that effort. But then also I get all these really great challenges that people yeah. um, come up to me, or, you know, email me technically, um, and just like have all these ideas that I would, I would never have to think and figure out. Like one of my favorites mm -hmm. is, I was making a memorial set for someone's dog and it wasn't ashes or hair or anything like that. They were like, I want, when I'd see my dog in the dark, I would see that yellow flash in the back of his eyes. And like, that's what I associate yeah. with him. He's, and he's like, I want that in dice. And I was like, what, how I like, I know what you're talking about, but I don't 
know how to do that. Of course, I played it very calm and cool over email. <laughs> but in person, I was like, oh, how do I do this? How do I make something you only see from certain angles? Like if I just put like an orange blob in the middle, you're going to see it from everywhere. It's just going to look like an orange blob. And it took me a few days. And then I remembered, oh, I have mylar. And I made a little circle out of mm. yellow mylar. And so from only certain angles, you see it and you get that yellow flash. Mm -hmm. um, and then I injected the colors of the dog's coat around it. And like just breaking that one, like getting through that and being like, I have figured it out. I have. Eureka. Like, oh, it was, a, it was so amazing. Like it, it's, it still like feeds me just thinking about that of like, oh, yes, I figured that out. And it was, and I'm so proud of it. Never use that technique again, <laughs> but I have it. <laughs> Mm. just in case so yeah I think that's why for me it hasn't it hasn't really worn off is that I'm constantly figuring out new things and I will say it's also a more for lack of a better word industrial hobby mm -hmm. than like mini painting which I did before dice making which is more like a fine arts hobby where I had to learn color theory and like mm -hmm. how to paint in shadows and how to think about where light comes from. Um, and for this one, it's like, okay, how do I, I need to build something to hold my pressure pot up higher because I am too pregnant to reach the ground. Yeah. And I need to build something to hold the top of my pressure pot because it's too heavy and I am too pregnant. So there's, there's been a lot more like building things. And luckily my dad is extremely uh, handy and mm -hmm. has a lot of wood and power tools so uh there was like me sending over pictures being like we need to build this he was like okay come over like saturday yeah. afternoon we're gonna build it so yeah it's all i think all the all the parts that it requires are, are parts that seem to to work for my brain and especially with the adhd brain well the neurodivergent brain in general mm -hmm. it's always having that that brain burr to scratch Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's um Pixel Raptor. Pixel Raptor, Pixel Raptor. yes. With, yes. Yeah, Brango Burr. I was, Brango like, Burr. I was like I was like, oh yes, she's seen all the glitter ones. <laughs> oh, the glitter dice have been an absolute brain itch, like being scratched. Yeah. They're so good. They're so oh yeah. They're so they're so, so good. They're such great glitter dice. <laughs> and I find that uh, watching the videos is so satisfying enough. It must be quite satisfying to get them out of the pressure pot to demold them and to say I've done a thing yeah no it is oh here this is this is Dobby by the way oh, um, Dobby. <laughs> Dobby has no hair um now she's harassing me yeah no taking out of the pot is it's so great it's it's funny like on the days when things are going well it's just amazing just like popping tops off like looking at them I'm like this is great this is great I love everything that I've made and on the days when like things are not going as well it's just like this sucks. Like, every yeah. time I pull this, it's like this, this design didn't come out the way I wanted it. And like, this one has bubbles. And uh, I had one of those days the other day where I was like, this didn't turn out good. And all these have bubbles and like, all this is fixable. Upon looking at the set that I didn't like again, I was like, okay, like this has a vibe. It's not the vibe I thought I was going for, but like, mm -hmm. it has a very cool, dark, you know, widow surrounded by dead flowers kind of vibe. Um, mm -hmm. that I'm totally going to like lean into when I'm working on that voiceover. But I love pouring dice and that's what all dice makers say. Our favorite part yeah. of our job is pouring the dice and making the dice. And then oh, the least satisfying. favorite job part is every, literally everything else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely which, not content creation. <laughs> which brings me to my next question, the creative parts. Mm -hmm. It's all fine and well, especially for the neurodivergence, but what is the business side like? 
uh, the business side. For me, it's a lot of spreadsheets and papers and keeping track of things because most of my mm. stuff is, is commission. Um, I have just so many papers of everything written out because mm -hmm. um, I need to see, see the things of just like, here are my commissions, here, here are where I am in each of them. Do I have what I need? Did I paint what I need? Have I cast them? Have I sanded them? There's a lot of writing things down for me. And then the other side is, is just content. <laughs> so I have to create two videos Monday through Thursday um, because wow. I mean, content creation is business at this point. Yeah. And so every day, um, I used to do it at the end of the day and then like frantically get out of the tent and be like, ah, I need to edit a video and do a voiceover. I get home, I prep dinner, which reminds me, I haven't prepped dinner tonight. Uh, already out of my room. Oh no. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me that I haven't made any dinner for my kids. I usually prep dinner and then the first thing I do is content creation because otherwise I'm gonna get caught in like, I just wanna paint these cute little minis or I just wanna go cast in the, in the tent for like five hours. Um, oh, so I yeah. get it out of the way and I get it done early. And um, that takes me like between, 30 minutes to an hour every single mm -hmm. day. And that TikTok is where I put like TikTok's my first wave of mm -hmm. everything that I put up. Like TikTok gets the thing that I was working on earlier today. Yes. <laughs> and then everything else gets just one video a day catching up to like what's on TikTok. So I make eight videos a week. I post eight on TikTok, seven um, on everything else. Mm -hmm. um, but that also gives me like little leeway for if like I have an off week and I only make you know, three days of pull and a pour on TikTok mm -hmm. and things like that. But that takes a while. Like my phone is full of albums of just like the pour and the pull and then the pictures and the edited video of like each set of dice. It's a little messy in there. I need to go through and like kind of move everything that I've already posted. I don't know where to put it. I'm afraid of deleting videos now because I don't want to get rid of it. It's like, this yeah. is my, this is my work. This um, is my baby. This is my baby, but also I need more space on my phone. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. So, yeah, it's um, it's just a, a constant like, okay, I need to put things up on different platforms. What time of day works best? That is always the hardest part. It's like, I don't, I don't, I used to yeah. have it figured out. I don't anymore. The algorithms always change. But I will say like, I know a lot of people complain about the social media side of basically being an artist uh, because yeah. I think they are two very different skill sets and i don't yes. mean like you can have one or the other like you just you have to cultivate each thing um mm -hmm. and i luckily have always been really good at social media on the internet mm -hmm. uh at one point during grad school i was the this is the most niche brag i was the eighth most successful reddit poster of all time at one point nice um i had over a million karma when it was hard to get karma on um on excellent reddit so i kind of figured out like how do you you have to look at your community, look at what they want, look at how they want their things titled, look at what time works to post for each community, that kind of thing. So I kind of figured out those skills early and then have transitioned that kind of thought process over to what I do now. How does each thing like to have their, their pictures titled or their videos mm -hmm. titled? Um, like I'm currently trying to figure out threads. I just discovered that threads doesn't do hashtags apparently, which I just heard in passing from Hank Green on a podcast and I'm like, okay, I need to look. I mean, Hank would know. Hank Green knows yeah. everything. <laughs> when it comes to social media, I trust Hank. <laughs> um, 
but it's like, and I'm, I'm just starting YouTube shorts. It's like, okay, what does YouTube shorts like? Um, how do they like their things to be titled? Mm -hmm. They do not like poll videos. Let me tell you, I'll get 300 views for a poll video and then like 3000 views for the poor. And I'm just like, what's happening here? Like nobody wants to see how it turns out. So rather do it all at one go. But I'm sure if I didn't put up my polls, you know, people would be like, well, there's never, there's never a payoff here. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I post it, but no one watches it. Whatever. I'm trying some new things there. I'm looking what other mm -hmm. people do because, you know, each, each community is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, but luckily I kind of see that more as a fun puzzle to figure out versus yeah. like a, a wall that I'm beating my head against. Mm -hmm. um, because social media is its own beast, especially when it comes to business. Mm -hmm. Like I figured out the social media thing. I have figured out the social media when it comes to yelling politics and making white men cry on the internet. That's what I figured out. What I haven't figured out is how to run my business on the internet. It's mm. just something that's completely, completely foreign to me. But being a woman on the internet, doing mm. what is still considered, especially in the toxic gaming community, a man thing, mm -hmm. has that affected you? Because I know a lot of the dice makers on social media are actually women. Yes, no, that's true. That, that's actually a fun thing about the dice making community is it is overwhelmingly femme, whether it is uh, women mm -hmm. or non-binary individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I know as many non-binary dice makers as I do like men. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it's really interesting to kind of see that as because I know uh, tabletop is seen as a much more male dominated and like that's how it feels to me like when I don't know, I'm consuming that kind of content in my life. Mm -hmm. But like 90% of my last round of commission buyers were uh, women, or at least, you know, mm -hmm. by their name, appeared to be femme. And like, I love that. I've always loved that. Most of my That's buyers amazing. are men. My, I know that like, you know, my videos are 90%, like my, my followers are like 90% women. But I always just love seeing because I, you know, there are dudes being like, women aren't buying tabletop things. And I'm like, I disagree. <laughs> my yeah. entire Look at the comments. platform disagrees. <laughs> yeah. Have you had any difficulty with oh, being yes. a woman? That's a very good question. I'm getting myself asked. No, in terms of, yeah, being a woman on the internet, because I kind of formed my, my internetness on Reddit in mm -hmm. 2010, 2014, I was distinctly aware of being a woman. Mm -hmm. And I was fine with people assuming that I was a dude because the, so the communities that I was the biggest in was like Doctor Who, Harry Potter, Sherlock. Yes. I mean, I also post a lot in Lady Boners, which was just very attractive men wearing clothes. I love that. And, but I, I distinctly knew that like most people saw me as a dude. And if someone commented and like said, you know, like OP, like, and then made like a, a man thing, I'd be like, I'm a girl, but also do do do. And they'd always be like, oh, thanks. But I remember my husband would be like, you know, you should make like a YouTube channel. People love your content. People love the things that you find and talking about it. And I was like, I do not want to go out there as a woman on the internet. Yeah. Uh, like very distinctly, I do not want people to know I'm a woman. I do not want people to know that I'm like pretty uh, because no dude who loves Doctor Who wants to know that their favorite content creator is like a pretty peppy like woman. I mean, they uh, hated Jodie Whittaker, didn't they? I did. I just watched her regeneration episode yesterday and mm -hmm. I cried. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what happened. Yep. Um, I watched it while I was sanding and I cried in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, I think 
one thing that I was very afraid of putting my voice out on my videos and very clearly presenting myself as I'm a woman on the internet and yes. I'm making a thing. Would you like to comment on it? So before I got on TikTok uh, in 2021, I had just been doing pictures on Instagram. So I could be anyone. Yeah. I think I did have she, her in my bio because I wanted, at that point I wanted people to know I was a woman. I wanted mm -hmm. you to know you liked this dice and it was being made by a woman. Mm. Um, and, but I didn't want anyone to know what I looked like. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. And, yeah. And then once TikTok took off, and it was very clear, like, okay, you're gonna have to talk. Yep. Um, so, okay, I'm gonna do voiceover. And of course, I hated my voice as a kid, as always, because yeah. we're just trained that our voices are shrill. They're annoying. No one wants to hear us. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a huge thing. I was like, oh, I have to, people are gonna hear me. No one wants to hear me. And having people say like, your voice is so soothing. It um, is. People are like, I listen to your videos as I go to sleep, which is hilarious for me because I like that I put off a soothing vibe in, uh, mm. in my videos. I mean, you've heard me talk because you've been in my lives before. I don't know if like my actual like talking voice personality really matches the like really It does. It does. Okay, it's on. got this beautiful energy to it. And I can absolutely get that. Like why people would listen to your videos before they sleep because it's like it is the brain burr that's that's I, I like that that's like the the biggest compliment that I can get because I was so afraid of everyone just being like I hate your voice <laughs> I like your dice but I hate your voice uh yeah. so at, literally every time someone's like you, you, your voice like is so peaceful to me I love hearing hello everybody I'm like oh, oh. it makes me I'm very happy that's like so good to hear because yeah that was one of my absolute biggest fears that one second okay Dobby gonna... don't step on the computer okay Keeping on the topic of being a woman on the internet, I know that it's a lot of men and masks who ask the dreaded question, will it balance? Ah, oh, yes. Is it balanced? I, I do feel like whenever I see a woman asking that question, I'm just like, come on. <laughs> You're better than that. It's very rare. It is. Honestly, it's it's wonderful that it's uh, it doesn't happen as often as it used to. Yeah, no, it's really frustrating. And I've been trying to come up with like a metaphor to like explain to other people why like it's annoying. And the best thing I can come up with is like, do you ask your surgeon if they kill all their patients like every like every time? Yeah. Or just like, uh, oh, it's it's like asking your cook, like, so you're not going to poison me, right? Like, yeah, every time you eat somewhere, like imagine, imagine if you were a cook and every day you got asked that question. You're just like, yeah. no it's my it's my job to like not kill you and like it's my job to make dice that you can play with yep um but i do i do understand what happens i remember definitely like when i first like got into dice like thinking about balance and being like oh are these balanced and like i don't know how that got into our collective thought process uh -huh. i was like why would they be unbalanced yeah <laughs> Like, and, especially when it's just dice that have just colors in them. People are like, mm -hmm. are these balanced? I'm like, why? Why would they be unbalanced? Yeah. I think you were in the live the other day when someone asked me that question. I was like, I see that there's an object in here, so I will understand your, your question here mm -hmm. because you don't know how much the object weighs. <laughs> because like that, I get. But like, just trust me that I'm really good at my job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it is about like trusting the person who has been doing this for a long time to know what they're mm -hmm. doing. Mm -hmm. but also the person who has researched it enough to actually do it. Like, yes, I know yes. how to edit audio. 
<laughs> are you sure you're gonna edit this right are you gonna make me sound like a chipmunk <laughs> like yeah. imagine if every person asks you that and you're like how would why how that's more work <laughs> now i know that um the people on the podcast are not going to see this but this is a die that is a replica of the first die ever found in sweden oh with a little swirl like circles mm -hmm. yeah yep. and they were made from moose bone mm -hmm. and that okay. definitely wasn't balanced <laughs> and this was the first d20 i ever made oh cool yep Looks and like i made this trip. in sweden mm -hmm. nice. and i love the yeah, colors like... and the inking and i went to a workshop to learn how to make these oh cool and it was really cool it was um, a whole lot of geeks just getting together and just doing something different because it was in the middle of the pandemic and sweden didn't lock down but it was oh, also yes. very boring I can imagine. Uh, I remember we talked about that extensively in my New York apartment with me and my husband him being like, Sweden's mm -hmm. not locking down. I'm like, well, Sweden's a different place than us. <laughs> yeah, Sweden also lost, I think it was 11% of their population over 80 within the first month. So no, that's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah, no, 100%. I was like, I don't think this is going to work out. And he's like, they're doing it for a reason. I was like, I don't think it's going to work out. Um, it didn't. It didn't. It no, didn't. It didn't. That is true. And then once that once that data came out, he's like, yeah, that didn't work out. I was like, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> we're going to stay in our apartment with our baby. But making this kind of made me realize just how much love goes into every single craft, because my craft has always been writing and being a journalist, you know, and that's a very different kind of craft than working with your hands. And what do you love most about the craft itself? Oh, that's a very good question. I do, I, I love working with my hands. It's, I've always been a very artsy person. Mm -hmm. uh, and like looking back, I think I probably should have always been an artist. Uh, before I made dice, I was a pediatric physical therapist. Yes. So I, you know, got my, my college degree in biology. I went to uh, graduate school, got my doctorate in physical therapy. And all through this time, I was like doing little crafts, doing little things, crocheting, uh, cross stitching. Mm -hmm. And then like starting dice making and like just looking back, it's like, I think I was always just meant to be like the little art kid. So I think it is definitely the like, I have made something with my hands. I'm giving it to you and you love it. And like, yeah. that just makes me like so happy uh, whenever I like email pictures of a final set to someone or even just like a fresh set pulled from the molds and they're always just like, it's so great. I love it. And I'm like, yay. Yay. Like, that's it just like gets me through my whole day there. So it is, it is, yeah, it is like the, the love and care. And I also really like a lot of my uh, dice get bought as gifts for people. Mm -hmm. And I just like love that like they're, they've thought so hard about like what their brother, like son, daughter, like fiance is going to love. And uh. Like I get to help make that and they get to give it to them. And then everyone is so delighted because they have new dice and it's like personalized yeah. to something that they love. So just like the idea of being a part of like that, that like chain of just like love and good feeling that is like, it's very good for me. Um, mm -hmm. There's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of just working with my hands. And I do like on all my websites, on my, where I sell, I'm always like dice handmade with love because it is, yeah. if I, if I'm not feeling up to what I'm doing, if I'm like just getting through some sanding just to get through it because I need to, I'm going to do a bad job. And yeah. I know that. 
So if I'm starting to be like, oh, let's just do it. Let's do it fast. Like I just stop. I'm like, I don't need to, I'm going to have to redo this if I don't do it right. And if I'm yeah. not in the right headspace. So like genuinely there's, there's no, like my dice are not made with a like harumphy harumphy kind of like mentality. It's just all, you know, listening to Dungeons and Dragons podcasts and just being delighted with myself and what I'm making. So like, that's the mm -hmm. vibe that is around and like Taylor Swift songs. Yes. Like, that's just the vibe that is around my dice at all times. Yeah. One of the things that I really like the personality behind each dice maker's dice mm -hmm. is very apparent because like Cassiopeia makes mm -hmm. these very sleek sets. So, so stunning. Yeah, they make such cool stuff. And then Pixel Raptor does the glitter bombs and mm -hmm. the ones with the one ring and all of these mm -hmm. kinds of dice that is completely different. And then your dice have the character of whoever's commissioning you at the time and mm -hmm. each set of dice is so vastly different and then you had your entire feetless chick series <laughs> i love the chicks someone just ordered one of those and i got so happy that i get Amazing. to make more chick dice they're so cursed i love them they are cursed and the the rainbow sprinkles oh, the sprinkle dice love those yeah they're so much so each person, each dice maker has that different kind of style and that different vibe to them. How do you, as a community, come together with those different styles and actually build community? Because it's so vastly different the way everybody does things and mm -hmm. the equipment that everybody uses, kind of like the single molds as opposed to the big molds mm -hmm. and all of those kinds of things. Where do you find your common ground? a very good question um i think for us it's yeah like it doesn't it doesn't matter what you make it's that you love to do this mm. and it's a very supportive community it is one of the most like positive crafting communities out there other than like mm. crocheters who are also notoriously just wonderful to each other um mm -hmm. just like you like making dice i like making dice great we're friends it doesn't matter like oh one of my favorites i don't i don't know if she really posts on she doesn't post on tiktok much dice dumpling or dumpling dice i just call her dumpling in my head makes these chunks with lotuses in the middle and then she put eyes in them oh. for halloween and it was just like i just i i adore just everything totally different process to me a million percent i don't know i don't know how the flowers look that good i don't i don't know like where I think she she uses real skulls too. No idea where she gets those. Wow. But you know, she likes making dice. I like making dice. We're uh, like pop into her DMs every once in a while because she's like mainly on um, Instagram. And I am assuming her pronouns. I think they're she her. And just like giving little like pieces of advice, mm. um, or like when she posts something that I'm like, that's a great idea. It's basically just it's just a collective excitement for the craft no mm. matter how we do it and that's actually i think one of the great things about dice making is there are so many different ways to do everything yeah. like the different ways that like the number of ways that people polish their dice i think is it, like the same number as the number of dice makers like everyone does it a little bit differently mm -hmm. and by talking to other people about what they do you can like refine your own system this is how i think i'm always like how mm -hmm. do i refine this how do i make it the best 
yeah. um, more efficient. I am less efficient by trying to make things more efficient because I'm like, let's try this. And then it doesn't oh, I get that. I absolutely get that. Oh, let me try something new. Oh, it's yeah. taking me six hours as opposed to two. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's like, oh, this will make my life easier. And then like, maybe in like 40 hours of work, it will, but do, do I want to invest that? And I do it every time. But yeah, it's just, it's the excitement around dice. It's the, that we're all doing the same thing. Uh, we're, we're all united against the, is it balanced? Oh, people. <laughs> or we used to all be united in, um, because back when it was mainly on like Twitter and Instagram, we would always get, well, I can't, I can't read the numbers. You got, mm. you got to make the numbers more readable. And I would just be like, I yeah. haven't. What, at what point did you think I was going to paint these numbers? Did you think I was going to paint them on the inside of the mold? No, because you don't know how this works. That was mainly dudes on Twitter. Um, yeah. And sorry about the crinkles. Dobby is uh, being mischievous. Oh, hello. Go away, Dobby. I love you. But I actually got that comment the other day for the first time in like a year on uh, YouTube. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, here it comes. I know. It's, there's not a very robust dice making community over there. So like they don't know. Mm. So I do my whole like, you must be new here. Welcome. Yes. That's the last step. This is the first step. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Uh, except I said it nicer. <laughs> my husband always reminds me. He's like, you got to be nice. I'm like, I know, but I don't want to be nice. <laughs> mm. Every time I respond to a comment, a nasty comment on any of my videos or any social media, like usually it's one of my friends on my shoulder saying, you got to sound nice. You can type angrily, but it can't come out so angry. Mm -hmm. Put a little like happy emoji at the end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Make sure they know you're joking when you're being sarcastic. Yeah. It's like, oh no, a hundred percent. Because yeah, sometimes it is a genuine question where someone doesn't know and they're brand new. And sometimes it's just people wanting to be like, I know this better than you. Uh, and that's when I get very uh, sassy. But I, yes, I always have my husband's voice in my head being like, be nice. I'm like, you're yeah. right. You're right. This um, is also customer service. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yep. Honestly, it's only when people are really mean to me that I'll be like, no. I had someone in the Instagram DM at one point be like, I don't even, I think it's because I had only put up a video and I hadn't put up a poll yet. And they were like, terrible service. Like, I can't believe like all this, like super, like, just like telling me I'm like doing it wrong and like just clearly trying to shame me. Like the whole point mm -hmm. of this, message was to make me feel bad about myself and he's like i you know if you really want me to buy your dice you're gonna need to like really work on this or like you know change how you're doing this and i was like don't worry you aren't allowed to buy my dice like i don't want you as someone purchasing yeah. my things uh you don't get to speak to me or anyone else like that uh, and mm -hmm. then i was like i'm going to be blocking you and i need you to know it's because you were mean to me and that's not how you should like go like interacting with people. I was a little bit more eloquent because I thought about this for hours. Yeah. Um, and then I, and then I blocked him. <laughs> like, I don't want you. Excellent. I don't want you. Yeah. And every now and then you have to do that because it's also balancing your business, but also mm -hmm. your sanity. A hundred percent. One thing that I have discovered is that uh, a lot of times you can't defend yourself when someone's being shitty to yourself, but your friends can. Yes. So every once in a while in the Dice Discord, uh, that's actually like how I became friends with Dice Dumpling is someone was in her comments being like, oh, my friend, we should make this like and then talking back and forth in comments about how they could duplicate her work, which first of all, they can't. <laughs> and so yeah. she was like, I don't know what to do about this. And I was like, 
She's like, which post is it on? She's like, it's on this one. And I like went in and I was like, hey, just as a heads up, this creator can see everything you're writing and it is really disrespectful to talk about how you're going to rip off their work in front of them. You want to do it in your, I did say, like, you want to do it in your DMs? Fine. That's, I can't stop you, but don't do it in front of her. Um, and they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And then she was like, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Because yeah. like sometimes, yeah, you can't defend yourself without looking like, like super mean. So sometimes you just have to recruit a friend to be like, yeah. hey, hey, no. And that's another thing about the dice making community. We're like, I've had that happen where people are like piling on and I'm just, I'm like, hey guys. And someone help. I can't handle this right now. Yeah, and someone will be like, I got you. And then like come in the comments and be like, no. <laughs> yeah. Here's why I mean, what you're you, doing is wrong. You've got me now. Excellent. Thank you. I always and need I can more be people. Very mean. I can be very, <laughs> very mean. I, remember, I always. Um, no, you go. I always say, I'm not always nice, but I'm kind. Mm -hmm. And to be kind, you don't have to be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's it's uh, like right before I had my my son, my second baby, I had a, a set go viral that had the 3D inserts in it, which have yeah. basically the same density. I think the density is off by like point either to the point one or point oh one. And like that doesn't matter. <laughs> that it's negligible. Matter. It's so negligible between my 3D prints and my regular resin. And uh, so people were like giving me all sorts of just like, how do you know it's balanced? And I have just an autofill in my phone, I have so many autofills about like people are like, how do you nice. clean your syringes? Flush hashtag and it just does. I flush my syringes with isopropyl alcohol. So like, how do you know the skulls are balanced? Skulls hashtag like the skulls are made of the same red. Like I have my things. Um, but so weird galactic was like, y'all need to get out of busy wizards comments. Cause if you put her in labor because of the number of times you ask her about balance in her dice. That's brilliant. <laughs> like, oh, thank you. It is ridiculous right now, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's my favorite thing. It's it's a it's a very warm community. It's a very interactive community. Like I was in the mini painting community before this, and it definitely felt mm -hmm. more like like islands, like just different people doing their own thing versus like we are a collective, and mm -hmm. and dice making is a collective, and I really like that. And because the art is so unique to each dice maker, it's not like you're in competition with each other. It's because I like your dice when you make this and I like that person's dice when they make that and mm -hmm. it's completely different because you're not yeah. all replicating the same thing even though it's the same art yeah no 100% like people can ask me to recreate like certain sets by like Yanir god I hope that's how you say her name but I can't like I mm. don't know how she does that I don't know how like different people do different things I'm working with the exact same like technical components but just like the way our hands work is always a little bit different so mm -hmm. like i'll have people send me like you know inspiration pictures and i'm like you know give me a few so i get your like your vibe but i cannot recreate anything a i don't want to um because you want someone else's work and b I can't so like that's you know every painter is a little bit different every dice maker is a little mm -hmm. bit different i cannot do the bloops that arsenic dice used to do uh mm -hmm. just never never figured out how they were doing that uh, and that's, yeah. I think, just, you know, the beauty of the craft. Yeah. Now, yeah. this is very personal because I am, my alter ego is a velociraptor named Penelope. Oh, my, my pseudo dragon's name was Penelope. <laughs> oh, when you get a sticker, when you get a dice set from me, it comes with a red sticker that says busy with dice. Well, a red 
pseudo dragon snuggling a dice and says busy wizard and that's penelope my pseudo dragon now i wanted to ask you about the dinosaurs because <laughs> i love dinosaurs. dinosaurs yes oh i love i love the dinosaurs because i mean number one no more wasted resin mm. like all everything that doesn't go into the molds goes into the dinos and like I was casting last night um, and I was just filling bubbles and pouring like some clear stuff. And so I just had a bunch of clear left and I was like, let's just mix some things together in the dinos. And I was like, I'm gonna put some ink in here and put some glitter in here. You can just swirl things around. Like they're so much fun to make. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, they mean that I don't, I don't get to waste. I don't waste anything. Mm -hmm. So I think, I, I'm so glad that I, I have added them to my repertoire because I used to feel so bad about just like leaving cup, like resin in the bottom of a cup. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I do love my dinos because they are just, the, I'm, I'm a little bit of a chaos monster, uh, especially when I'm in the tent where I'm just like, let's put things together and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And the, the dinos are a very low stakes <laughs> example yeah. of that. <laughs> or like yeah. the dinos are a very low stakes outlet for what happens if I mix this together? What happens if I do this? And I have found a lot of ways to make the exact same, like I just make a lot of blue ones for some reason. <laughs> uh, I need to make more colors. I made a bunch of blue ones last night and I was like, I need some pink ones, but yeah. I love the dinosaurs and I like the, the character behind the Dyson. I wanted to know when you are in the community and realize that, you know, I'm actually doing this. This is my job. This is my career. This is what I'm doing in life. It is a very different feeling to when you started. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to be doing it because I love it. And this is chaos. And I'm also a chaos goblin. The person I made that first set of dice for, um, he calls me a chaos goblin. And how do you feel from then till now about not just your craft, but where you've come. Um, oh, I love that. Okay, first, very first thought, I feel great. <laughs> um, I feel I feel good about myself. It's, uh, I have demonstrated to myself that I can, you know, A, stick with something. <laughs> mm -hmm. But like grow and continue to find joy and the great thing about like the kind of flexibility of this job is it has allowed me to pursue a career that I love while also being available for my kids mm -hmm. um, and around for my kids. And like I can go to, you know, donuts at drop off on Friday morning and I can be and I can like, you know, not come home at half an hour late because my kid's really excited that apparently all the parents are coming to do donuts at drop off. And I'm so glad that I'm not a physical therapist anymore and have to reschedule like yeah. someone's appointment. So like, you know, looking back on, on baby dice maker, Lauren, I mean, it's not that I've ever, give me off, not that I was ever unsure of myself. <laughs> I am a mm -hmm. very confident crafter. I do get even more joy than I did back then mm -hmm. because Oh, it's going to sound <laughs> because I have the the online like yes, you're good at this. <laughs> yes, Which, like, and it is important. Helps. Yeah, really that 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 feedback of like yes, I'm good at it. Other people see that I'm good at it. Other people pay me to do it. That's really the key. That's like yeah. that's the absolute hardest thing to do is when you find something that you love to find a a, a group of people who will pay you to do it. Um, yep. 
why I don't mini paint anymore, even though I was really good at that. <laughs> I mean, I'm on um, Patreon and I know how difficult that is. Like everyone's like, oh, you have a voice for radio and your thoughts are amazing. And I love the way you research things. Now I have the Patreon and they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, I, I don't want to be the one to pay you. Uh, yeah, no, it's, that's like always the absolute hardest part. And so I feel very fulfilled right now. I mean, I don't know. This isn't, is this a long-term career? I don't know. Does that mm -hmm. matter anymore? No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Do my parents fully understand why I do this? No. And you know what? That's mm -hmm. also fine. I don't care. Mm -hmm. uh, because I have found so much more joy in my life than when I was a physical therapist. And even then I had a lot of joy. I used to work with preschoolers um, with like special needs and developmental delay, and they were so much fun and such a delight. And then we got, you know, bogged down in paperwork and terrible admin and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to deal with any of that. It's me. It's my cats who are annoying. It's yep. My husband also works from home. So I get to see like him as we're like crossing like, you know, different parts in the house. And I'm just happier and more fulfilled than I have been in a while. And I think a lot of it is that I have this job that I love and that I get to do cool things. I get to meet cool people and do like awesome podcast interviews. I'm going to go uh, paint some mini guitars after this. I was just painting some Amazing. crystals. I got some sets I need to ink. Uh, like, yeah, it's like, it's not that I'm going to like look back at like little dice Lauren and be like, it's going to be so worth it. Cause like, she was like, this is fun. We're just going to do this. Yeah. Mm. Like, there was never any any doubt that this was going to be fun, but it has been a delightful happenstance that I've gotten to take it as far as I have. And it's gotten to be so much of my life because it is just so great. Thank you so much. We actually... Not a problem. Thank you so much for having me on and for thinking of me. I'm always, mm -hmm. always happy to chat. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on and yep. hopefully chat soon. See you on the lives and uh, yeah. in the comment sections. Absolutely. Please, please come in my comment section and I'm hoping to do more lives. So hopefully I'll get to see you soon. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Thank Have you. a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.